Jesus. I'm a coughing bird. <clears throat> Yours was so much. My uh, my dog just coughed. Oh. <laughs> and I thought I wasn't training her right. She could barely sit. I'll be like, please. You're like in front of guests. It's just embarrassing. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast that is sometimes fun and sometimes serious because we are two female co-hosts and we don't always get the opportunity to be fun because we feel the need to hold people accountable. (laughs) I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. (laughs) And I'm Jordan Liggins. (laughs) So I was at the game last night. Ooh, Did you sit next to Billy Crystal? Yeah, I did. Did you see me? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I think it's re- – I love learning the celebrities who cheer for – is it going to be rude to call them a niche team? <laughs> it is a niche team, especially in okay, L.A. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, just I talking mean, about how I never – I've only met one real Clippers fan in my life. And Isaac Lee? Yes, that is my only real Clippers fan that I know. So everyone else seems fictional. They seem like paid actors in the stands. Oh, my God. (laughs) They just lost, Jordan. I know. Sorry. (laughs) No, I was talking yesterday uh, to my friend about how it's just it's because they are the second team in L.A., they're Mm -hmm. just grasping for things like the Condor unofficial it's not even their mascot it's just like a a thing that they have to have there because they can't have a boat running around you know that would actually be way more fun if they had like three guys in this giant boat and they just had to like run around all game yeah obviously that's like what a clipper is yeah and they should have like these huge sails like you know after they score something that'd be really fun and then they're the crowd chant could be them like rowing, yeah, from yeah. side to side. Yeah, actually, that'd be way better. But it's the condor. Somebody was asking me why it's the condor, and so we were basically like, it's an endangered thing in California, and so they're just like, I mean, I don't know. We don't really have history here, so why don't we just like do Clippers. something we think Californians <laughs> will like? Um, it was a very fun crowd. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is sore. I didn't even like yell yesterday at the game, but. For some reason, my throat is sore. I have a blue Clippers shirt now. Wow. Uh, yeah. The it's playoff not my color. It? It's UK color, so I'm probably going to give it away. Oh. Um, I wish CP signed it. Then I would keep it. Oh, I said Do playoff P. Think- that would be oh. that would be worse. Eh, so I might give it away. <laughs> you know what's funny is yesterday at the line, they were chanting MVP for him. Unless I like totally misheard. But they were chanting MVP for Paul George, and it was like, it was loud. It was like, you know, moderate level. Mm. And then Reggie Jackson gets, gets at the line and they're ch- they're chanting Reggie so loud, like louder than they did the MVP chant. As they should. Yeah, they <laughs> Mr. love him. June. He's, they love He's really great. I love him too. I did a little deep dive in his Instagram just in my free time. But he's open like literacy lounges at elementary schools. And I think that's just very sweet. And that's I honestly don't really adorable. know anything about Reggie Jackson except for yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm so gonna send I, me send me those. That's, I will. That's cute. It was really cute. Uh do you think that Clippers fans are happy for Chris Paul? Because I don't want to suggest that they're homogeneous, but I have no read over this. Yeah. 
it was interesting. Some uh, some of the crowd like stuck around, you know, when they were getting their trophy and everything. And he said something really nice. He was like, you know, to win it here. Well, maybe it was kind of a slap in the face. I'm like, but he's, like nice? <laughs> he's like, to win it on the Clippers floor. I feel like this is still my family. I love you guys. Then they pan to Billy Crystal. And I was like, oh, that's nice. But they're probably kind of mad still. I tweeted, uh, I hate bringing up my tweets because it sounds so self-important. I said something like, uh, it's funny that he did this against the team, like that he was a part of the Clippers curse. If if you think about it, he broke out and now he's not anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, I'm happy for him. This is low-hanging fruit. So I deleted it. I was like, you guys are right. I'm so glad. <laughs> so then I tweeted, I'm so it's so endearing or something that Clippers fans are genuinely happy. And people are like, I'm not fucking happy for him. <laughs> Can't win. <laughs> oh, as it turns out, Haley, different people think different things. And not everyone's the same. <laughs> but overall, uh, also, I'm happy for him. Oh, I'm so happy for him yeah. as a neutral bystander. I don't think I've ever loved Chris Paul through his entire career as much as I have since he was with the Thunder and now. Yeah. And I don't know what the difference is. Maybe it's because now he's an underdog-ish on an underdog-ish team. Maybe. Maybe it's because he's having this LeBron-esque non-aging period and I loved it with LeBron and I love it with him. I don't know. I think it's also because at the start of the playoffs, we just thought it was going to be another repeat of bad luck, Chris Paul in the playoffs, of him getting hurt, like, the first game. So him getting over that and COVID, like, and making the Western Conference, being Western Conference champions, that's just like, man, give it up for Chris Paul. Like, you can't even be mad at that anymore. He's been through so much, 16 years in the league. So I hope everyone's cheering for him and Cliff Paul, which I hope now that he's got to the finals – State Farm releases the second half of that commercial so we can finally figure out why Cliff Paul is back. That's my theory. If they is were there like a new storyline? I haven't even seen this. <laughs> yeah, when they're like, Uncle Cliff, and he walks through the door again. You haven't seen that one? To be honest, I do this thing where I take like really quick naps during commercial <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll say, During halftime, I don't set a timer, but in commercial breaks, I'll set a timer for like three minutes and I'll just like cl- shut my eyes. I don't know. <laughs> this has only started happening since I turned 27. I mean, that's not even – I'm not having, like, a, an age crisis or anything. I just get really tired. I mean, I wake up early. I go to sleep late, so maybe that's it. Anyway, what do you think that Chris Paul said to Patrick Beverly for him to push him like that? I don't know. I watched it so many times to see if he even did say anything. It looked like he just There's no way he didn't him, say anything. But I don't – I have no idea. Unless he brought up his look mother. What make you... Like, that was an extremely hard push. That was a hard push. Have you seen the gif of the gymnast? Or maybe she's a cheerleader. I'm not sure. And she's, like, looking up and down after the performance. No. Like, yes, I just did that. Have you not seen that? <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you after. I'm, I guarantee you have. If it was that look, A... Or if it was B, what Russell Westbrook said the other day about Patrick Beverly <laughs> <laughs> tricking everyone... That's all I can imagine it being. Uh, yeah, that was oh. that was a hard push. I don't know how I feel about Patrick Beverly anymore. Did you like him Maybe before I'm- that? No, I loved him. I was, you know, I thought he was so 
aggressive and he cared. And I love when guys care on yeah. defense. I'm like a in a 57 year old man's body talking about <laughs> defense all the time. But yeah, no, I loved him. And now, but I always trust players. And when multiple players are like, you guys are being tricked by this man, you kind of have to listen. And so now I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm doubting myself. Don't doubt yourself. But I will and say. Pushed, and he pushed Chris Ball. And it's like, dude, you can't. Maybe he just wanted to get off the fucking court. He was like, this is embarrassing. We're done. I think that's what it is. Like, how can I leave this game ASAP? Because you can also see there was a slight pause before he pushed him. And then he was like, yeah, do it. And it's like, that's when the momentum of his full, all of his strength going into Chris Paul's back. That was wild. Yeah, it was wild. I also want to say, I don't personally find it an embarrassing loss. There's no Kawhi. You, you tried your hardest. I think that's totally fine. Everyone was surprised you even got there <laughs> without him. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, speaking of injuries, mm. Bucks Hawks is tonight. Probably by the time this comes out, it's going to be like an hour or two before the game. So I was planning on just saying some super like general vague shit. So it sounded <laughs> later on like I was correct. So I'm going to go ahead and say injuries will decide this yes. because Giannis is listed as well. OK, I'll I'll say the injury statuses that I Googled before the game. OK, so obviously Trey Young missed all of game four because of a bone bruise in his right foot. Giannis went down with a left knee injury. In yeah. Game four. That looked awful um so today this as of this morning Giannis is listed as doubtful and Trey is listed as questionable doubtful seems worse it does I feel like they just go on <laughs> synonyms.com and they're like how can we be more vague than before but if you were like hey do you think I'm a good person which would hurt more doubtful or questionable <laughs> That's a great question. I say doubtful. I still say doubtful. That feels okay, like yeah, I agree. less of a chance. Questionable, it's like, ah, uh, we're teetering. But doubtful. We're teetering. It's doubtful. Yeah, you're right. It's it's worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate, I hate that this is how this is ending. Yeah, me too. This is not I how could, we wanted it. No, not at all. I mean, and especially because a lot is on the line for the Bucks, And when I say a lot is on the line, I I don't really want to project into the future like, oh, this is going to make – this is the thing that makes Giannis start doubting whether Milwaukee's the right place. I, not in that way, but mm -hmm. I just hate when there are – is a full summer and off season of just shit-talking a guy who's injured. Yeah. And I also don't think that there has been proper credit given to Giannis through this playoffs and through this series mm -hmm. there's a huge disconnect now between um being a great player and not being the guy who would take the last shot like if, if you're not the guy who would take the last shot now people are thinking less of you that's an extremely 2000s on thing yeah i think that's fair and i don't i don't think it's the biggest knock on him either if you contribute in so many other ways it's not like he's like should we bleep this out ben simmons like i, I don't want to keep bringing this up that poor guy but it's not <laughs> like through the entire game he hasn't been contributing on offense it's right. just that you have a way better chance with chris middleton at the end so yeah i don't think that's the 
that he deserves a summer full of criticism, especially if he's not a part of this uh, game tonight. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it it's also, I didn't see the injury. My boyfriend like shielded me from the video, <laughs> but I think it's, you have to feel bad for him too. Like I think majority people are rooting for Giannis to get over this playoff curse of their own, get over the hump. He might actually go to the finals and they had a, I have a chance like there's not the Lakers aren't there like this isn't a huge I mean no discredit to the Suns they are really great but I think it was people rooting for him like oh he actually has a shot and now yeah, this it's not happens. giant crushing anymore right. it's not like you have to go beat the giant you're beating the Suns who are like who like you said are are really good and have proven so much and look really solid top mm-hmm. down but you know they're not it's not LeBron right and it's, it's not AD yeah, it's not even Jokic. Mm-hmm. And now this again, is no, something- no disrespect to Devin Booker. That sounds bad, <laughs> but it's not giant crushing anymore. It's this team is has got there, and that's been and nobody can say that that hasn't been a wonderful surprise. Yeah, it but it has been a surprise. It has, and now this is something that is out of his control. That is kind of taking that could possibly take that away from him, and so I hope that people are nicer to him in the summer if his season ends now your boyfriend shielding you from that is modern romance right I was on the phone with him when it happened and he was like don't look up that video whatever you do if you see it scroll past it because he knows I can't watch injuries even on replays even if it's an ankle turn I have to look away well they go so they're just so disgusting with the replays I know that's not content that's scarring Right. Not everything is content is the lesson that we should walk through every day with. It's those videos are fucking disgusting. And then they just <laughs> insist on playing them over and over and over again. And then they're all over Twitter because people know they're going to get retweeted. Yeah. I don't know if um, accounts like TNT and ESPN, NBA and ESPN, I don't know if they tweet those out anymore. They might have got too much flack. But on the broadcast, they're definitely replaying it like multiple times. Definitely. I don't want to see anyone's ankle do a 90-degree bend. That's gross. That's so gross. And even if I personally was fine with it, if I'm like, oh, my God, I thought you were going to throw up. <laughs> I almost just... What? <laughs> because I just said 90-degree bend, and you you leaned <gasps> out to cough, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm such an this asshole. She end. just said she hates injuries. No, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> uh, what's your prediction for tonight? Let's let's say that they are. Let's say Trey plays and Giannis doesn't, because that's honestly what it sounds like is going to happen. What's your prediction? Mm. I'm going with the Hawks. Hard I, not to. Yeah, I still don't think. I think it's going to be Trey Young after he came back from the locker room. You know that game that he did get hurt. He wasn't. 100% wasn't really being super aggressive, but I always go back to just his presence on the court. I think the Hawks will just feel safer <laughs> now that he's just there. If they need a shot. And um, yeah, I think they get them tonight. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, you want to talk about the shit we've been talking about? Let's talk Otherwise, about let's talk about it. So we're going to walk you guys through 
everything with Chauncey Billups because this is a hot topic right now and and we nobody have some seems thoughts. to want to <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. I what are I literally listened to half of a podcast and have not consumed. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read this week. I'm going to get through my uh, June goal, which I've been super behind on because I don't feel like consuming hours of fake trades. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Starting at the beginning. Once upon a time. No, just kidding. <clears throat> on July 4th, <laughs> Terry Sots and the Blazers mutually agreed to part ways. Mm-hmm. Then Chauncey... Becky Hammond and Jason Kidd were all rumored to be candidates for the head coaching job for the Blazers. I think also Mike D'Antoni, but I don't know if he's one of those names where you just want to seem like you're like, let me beef this list up a little bit. Right. I think I saw that. But at the same time, I was like, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think he's he's transitioning out. Um, Then Chris Haynes from uh, Yahoo Sports says Damian Lillard told him, quote, Kid is the guy I want. And in an adjoining piece, it says Dame, quote, intends to have significant input on the next hire. Mm. Then Jason Kidd withdrew his name from consideration for the Portland job. Many assumed it was because he was getting dragged through the mud from his past domestic violence incidents. Um, People were keep bringing those up. And the Mavs hired Jason Kidd on June 25th. Last Friday. The Mavs were like, well, we don't give a fuck. Whatever. <laughs> Very on brand for the Mavs. Mark Cuban's like, wait, he only, he hit how many people? Yikes. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, that's under my personal number that I allow. So I'm going to let that one slide. I do think it's funny he withdrew his name. I don't know that I think that speculation is correct because if he's going to coach any team that is going to come up, in 2021? Yeah, so. my speculation was that he knew that the Mavs job was going to come available and that's where he'd rather have be have been. That's that's my that's thoughts on it. Freudian slip there. Uh <laughs> no. <laughs> it's okay, we can laugh for women. Um if he uh exactly. And plus if you're a Mark Cuban, if you're one of his guys, like you're a long-term guy, you know, and he sticks with you and like kind of Let's you know from the beginning. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah. with you on that. I think that's probably what it was. Although maybe it was like a combination of the two. He's like, can you guys shut up? I'm not even going to take this job. So right. right. Maybe it was that. Maybe it's a combination of the two. But then it becomes apparent that the Blazers are going to hire Chauncey and people really start digging into his past. And we should say, like, people on Twitter – who then wrote articles about it. I didn't see any articles preceding the Twitter outcry, Mm. which is important, and we can talk about that later, why it's important. I could be wrong on that, um, but I don't don't think I am. If you look at the NBA.com write-ups for the hire, the rumors for the hire, the unofficial – the unofficial, like, yes, he's going to be hired on Tuesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. None of them include it. So, yeah, mm. that's what I'll say about that. But his past. Uh, I would like to go into his actual. I We have yeah. this pulled up. I, I would like to, because this is the thing is that when you 
when we're bringing this up, if you're not looking up exactly what that means, Mm -hmm. you're not informed about what you're about to say. Yeah. And (laughs) the assumptions and misinformations on Twitter and articles on TV are dangerous. Yeah, they are. If you're not willing to do your homework, stay out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And before you get into that, I really want to say that we are going to go into some details. So this is a trigger warning for sexual assault. And you feel free to skip over this part over the next couple minutes if you feel like you're going to be triggered. But it is important that we get into the details so that for sure. we're more informed, but also you guys are more informed. While Jason Kidd was charged, Chauncey was tried in civil court, and he ultimately settled. He denies engaging in anything non-consensual. Here's a slightly condensed read from an article by Jack Winter on the case. We're just going to read this off, and in this, the victim will be referred to as Jane Doe. On November 9th, 1997, Jane Doe was out with Antoine Walker, who she was dating, and Chauncey Ron Mercer, two male friends, and two women. She had never met Walker before. Doe says Chauncey drove her home. Now, Chauncey says that in the car, Doe initiated and performed consensual oral sex on him and that this was the full extent of their sexual interactions. Doe says different. She told the court she woke up naked the next morning in Walker's bed, with Chauncey and Mercer have no explanation for Doe says she was led to a bedroom where Chauncey and Mercer engaged in multiple unwanted sex acts on her. One of Walker's friends purportedly forced Doe to perform oral sex on him, at some point asking Billups and Mercer, yo, who wants some? Doe allegedly blacked out during the attack, waking up on November 10th in bed with one of Walker's friends, naked amend used condoms and condom wrappers littered across the floor. She then quickly called a friend, saying something bad happened. Walker, for his part, denied Doe's allegation that he was asked to join in on the alleged rape and claimed he never saw an assault take place at his residence. Doe was admitted to the Boston Medical Center the day after the reported assault, a rape kit revealing injuries to her throat, cervix, and rectum. There was also bruising on Doe's back, and semen was found inside of her. And then he's hired. Then he's hired on June 28th, on Monday. Yeah. And and then they have the press conference, which if hiring him wasn't bad enough, the press conference was just fucking disgusting. It was kind of a train wreck. For multiple reasons. I, You know what? I want, let's talk about Becky Hammond for a minute because, like, I don't want to – I need a break from the Billup stuff. Yeah. So – Neil Olshey, is that how you say it? Neil Olshey? That sounds right. Olshey. Usually I'm like super anti mispronouncing people's names and I should be here too. That's pretty shitty, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> he said, he was like, okay, we passed over Becky Hammond, but he said, <laughs> this is his quote. We obviously admire Becky. She did a great job making it as far as the owner in the process is not easy. (laughs) She made it all the way to the ownership level, which is an endorsement. 
I'm like I'm punch him in the face. <laughs> what? Is, yeah. What is this? Like, this sounds like you invited her like in make a wish or something. Right. It's so patronizing. And we knew we knew that when she was listed as a finalist, that that was oh, as yeah. far as she was going to go. Because oh, we already knew what was happening. There's yeah, no, for sure. no one else is a finalist. That is not said ever. And so yeah. it was like. This is the furthest a woman has gotten, which is an even more slap in the face, honestly, to her and her work and her credibility of just saying, we got you this far. You should be so proud of yourself. Pat yourself on the back. And it's not even like this isn't this isn't, oh, the Blazers made her a finalist and, and we should be applauded for that. Do you realize what you're saying? You're saying that never before have you let a woman go to that level. That's right. what you are saying. Like, this is a self-indictment. This is the week of self-indictments. My dog is, like, like looking at me very concerned because of the way I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm about to let her on my lap and just come for me. But it's – you know what? I bet Neil knows a woman. I bet he knows, too. Like, I'm surprised he didn't say that in the little quote he had about Becky. Like, no, guys, I – and now I he have- knows Becky, so that's three. <laughs> He knows three three women, and that's huge for him. And then that fucking stupid report came out about how her background check uh, delegitimized, like, her credibility or something as a coach. First of all, wait, from the Spurs? A spur? You're with the Spurs coaching staff? Like, maybe that would be less egregious if she was on the – God, I don't want to shit on anybody. Like, the Knicks – or no, the Suns coaching staff when they had Earl Watson. Okay, sure, that's like maybe at the point I would use it. But the Spurs, like you sound ridiculous. Second, her background check? That's what I'm saying. You want to talk about background checks? I did not hear that because that sounds absurd. <sighs> I'm that's so exactly what we're talking about. about. We're talking about how nobody is concerned about background checks. And you want to bring that up for her? It's insane. Oh, no. It's insane. And okay. And so then there, I don't know if that was during the introductory press conference or just the day when he was getting introduced, but that that's when he said it. And then when the reporter, this reporter tries to ask Chauncey Billups about the civil case, Neil grabs his water bottle with all the strength of somebody who's literally about to do a pull-up, a one-handed pull-up. He was gripping that shit so hard. And then the Portland PR person stops him from answering. And it's twice, right? That that happened twice? So Chauncey addressed it up top just in like this blanket, vague statement of, you know, every decision has consequences and going more into detail of, of, you know, that that was a bad time in his life and that was a mistake. So when the re- when the PR stopped Wait, what the was reporter, a mistake? Is he like admitting? Life. Yeah, that he was hanging around with the wrong people. Oh, so and- he never said actually do it. Okay. No, yeah, no, I was no. going to say he's never no, no, no. admitted any guilt. Okay. He All didn't right. say anything specifically, but he did say it at the beginning of the press conference, I believe. And so when the reporter asked him to dig deeper and like, okay, what exactly are you talking about specifically? That's when the PR stepped in and said, we already addressed that. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Because that's what journalism is, just shutting people down from answers that will hold them accountable. 
Accountability. That is infuriating. They are cowards. They're cowards. You made this decision and you're going to have, you have to deal with it. You have to. This was your, exactly. This was your decision. (laughs) I'm still, sorry. I'm like fuming over the background checks thing. I did not hear about that. No, I am too. Because it's, it's, you're adding insult to injury. And honestly, like I wish that that phrase sounded worse because it's so much worse than that. It's so much worse than that. You know what? Okay. So earlier this week, we had a wonderful episode Mm -hmm. um, that Zach Stafford, a contributor, did for us on Dennis Rodman. And one of the people he talked to was Elsie Granderson. And Elsie goes into how these things happen. Mm -hmm. A couple people write columns or maybe there's now, like we said, outcry on Twitter. Eventually nothing happens. And then we have to proceed as normal. Like throughout the year – Throughout the season, throughout his four-year tenure, because he signed a four-year contract with a team option for a fifth year, eventually people will stop bringing up in every single article, like, oh, and the the Blazers are on a five-game win streak. Eventually, it stops getting brought up. Mm -hmm. And so while I hate the Blazers for this, why would they do anything different? This is always what happens. You bring it up. You try to bring it up you as the, you know, public reporters, whoever, if it gets shut down enough times, you get dissuaded and we stop talking about it altogether. Yeah. Altogether. It's like what they're doing is honestly totally smart. It's so cowardly, but it's smart. Like, why would we expect if you can hear my dog growling in the background? I'm like, this dog is smart as fuck. <laughs> like I she can't. You've trained for her shit. well. <laughs> But yes, yeah, she knows when she knows when to growl. <laughs> so the entire press conference was just awful. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know if that was worse for me, or if the reaction on Twitter was worse for me, or the reaction just from media at large. Like I, we, <laughs> what, do we what do we even say about it? Like, okay, so yeah. first of all, the media is walking around it. Let's jump out of Twitter for a second. The media is just completely dodging it a lot of them are a lot of them aren't and if Mm -hmm. you aren't thank you I've probably seen it like thank you I seriously I genuinely want to thank you because I feel invisible Mm -hmm. like I feel invisible I was so disappointed in the low post this week Mm. I was so disappointed that was the one podcast I listened to like half of Zach Lowe essentially said quote I forgot about the case he read the bare outlines of what happened, really emphasizing that they settled out of court mm-hmm. and he was never found guilty, which is just complete. We'll talk about that later. And then he immediately moved on to fake trades, like immediately. I mean, OK, so first of all, how many fake trades <laughs> as a society can we endure? Like, let's get that off seriously. your chest first. <laughs> I want to tie the trade machine to <laughs> concrete and dump it in a river godfather style like put me in the sopranos that's what i would do and second dude you're spending 30 minutes talking about fake trades for damian lillard which even he even zach admitted like he's totally unconvinced that dame wants to leave yeah so you're doing fake trades for a fake request to get out of portland when the extremely real subject is apparently just something you feel is okay to skip over Mm -hmm. 
And this is the thing. It's it's so obvious why. And I'll give this disclaimer that I'm a I am a huge fan of Zach. That's why this is that's why I'm saying this. That's why this is so disappointing because I'm a right. big fan. I I've always loved reading him. I love listening to him. I think he's so smart. But it's just it's very obvious why especially the ESPN personalities are avoiding this. They they worked with Chauncey at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um so does Rachel Nichols and while I don't I haven't been watching the jump, I everyone on Twitter said she's said nothing, you know, as much as he said on the podcast. Kendrick Perkins, I don't even know if this was on ESPN, was just allowed to run off with this horrible tirade about how this we should get over this. And but I couldn't even watch the entire clip. I was so mad. Yikes. But it is it's a self-indictment to say, let's investigate the thing that I pretended never happened for years mm. to be this guy's coworker. And it's uncomfortable to do that with your friends. I know it. It's it's very uncomfortable, but it's twofold. As a journalist, as somebody on TV, as media, you need to make these connections with GMs and with coaches and whatever, with players. Yeah. You don't want to alienate them, right? Of course you don't. You want to stay in touch. You want to be have a close relationship. But, but you are very much alienating people in the process. Mm-hmm. The women who are watching your show, the women who are – let me go ahead and say marginalized genders because that's fucked up. I shouldn't just say women. Who are – listening and thinking what the fuck right myself included this is less important to you than making the money work on a fake trade <laughs> are you s- and the second part of this is going back to friendship because this is a personal level and if you're listening to this first of all thank you for listening to this podcast I'm so glad <laughs> someone other than my mom is um <laughs> if you want women to trust you and to confide in you because the thing we hear all the time is like well, why didn't you just tell someone why did oh da 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 you need to be really ready to hear things about your friends that you're not gonna like yeah that is so true I've left behind a lot of people in my life especially the last three years because of this and we're not all so lucky to say I don't want to be friends with you anymore because sometimes it's a coworker, Mm -hmm. and that is the situation here and so that's why I I'm I'm so disappointed in the way that that's been handled and then you know there's also like strangers on twitter who yeah (laughs) being strangers on twitter (laughs) i mean where do we like where do we start with the bad faith arguments like there's a lot there's a lot but i think it comes down to accountability right like that's that's the word of the day But you also hit the nail on the head, too, of like a lot of women, marginalized genders feel like we're alone in this, like this fight. We're doing it by ourselves. And to the point where all of this news is coming out and what you see a lot on Twitter is I'm tired. Like I'm exhausted of this fight of having to have this uphill battle of just like we have to pay attention to this. We have to make sure we're calling it out because nobody else will. And why does it feel that way? Why are we on this island by ourselves of this anger, of this rage, of making sure that this is important and this is a part of the conversation? I think that's what is big for me. You have to make sure that it's a part of the conversation. 
brushing it under the rug, pretending like it never happened, trying to move past it to talk about defense or how the Blazers are going to get better, how, you know, if trade talks like that is completely removing the accountability and making women and marginalized genders who this has happened to making them feel invisible. And I think about the women that work in the Blazers front office or have to work around Chauncey Billups. And this is a part of their story and has, you know, very traumatic (laughs) ripples on their life. And now they have to be confronted with that. And the Blazers front office made the decision and said, yeah, we're going to look past that. Like, we're not even going to to worry about that because we want to win games. One in three. That's the stat. One in three. Do you know more than three women? Yeah. Because that's the that's the stat. <laughs> so think about what you're saying to all these people just because they haven't told you. Mm-hmm. And if you're if this is your actions, you're hiring this person. You are fine with this person. Uh, you're not bringing this person up on your podcast. You're tweeting about how why is this relevant now? Okay, people people see you. We see you. <laughs> We see what you're saying. We see how much you care. Mm-hmm. Why is it all? Why is it relevant now? Let's go into that one. <laughs> In the age of the internet, mm-hmm. right? We are constantly progressing to let's zoom out. Collective liberation. We are constantly progressing to the ability to be heard, and in turn, to have the power to demand or the. The chance, let's not call it power, the chance to demand real accountability for the first time. Um, you think this was possible in 1997? Right. No. Was the Me Too movement possible in 1997? Fuck no. I didn't hear about the Chauncey Billups case until super recently. Right. Same. And I heard about it because of a dude with a thread on Twitter. And that's why I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And there's the ability to sweep it under the rug. And there's the ability for to not be heard. Mm-hmm. That's what has been not eradicated by Twitter, but even the chance to be heard. Why is this coming up now? Why are you demanding forgiveness for someone who's never asked for it? Mm. Like, why are you why are you telling how long is how long are we going to condemn? Why are you telling me that a person who did an unspeakable thing gets to say he's not guilty, pay some money have it quietly go away only so he can get a huge national platform on ESPN and now have a highly coveted job. Can you imagine being the victim and watching this every day? Yeah. That's or, all that I've been thinking about. Or zoom out again, one in three. Right. And you're seeing this. You're seeing, you're like, we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you don't care. And if you have never been, been violated or felt the danger of being violated, which is something we walk through every day in life. Mm-hmm. And we all have our stories, you know, to, to some degree. Yeah. There's no way if you get a group of women together, they're not like, oh, yeah, the, you know, I was harassed in this job or like, oh, yeah, when I was in middle school, this happened to me or when I like right. everyone has their story. If you've never felt the threat of being violated, don't fucking talk. Right. about this because you don't understand yeah and what, I th- what else what are the other arguments like yeah and I I think 
one particular one, whenever this comes up, especially with a professional athlete or someone in the limelight, um, especially from the black community, is, you know, why aren't we celebrating, you know, Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups, these two black men getting these head coaching jobs? Why are we trying to find something to put them down? I feel like that is definitely something that was on my Twitter feed. I came from my family. And what I would say to that and what I said to them is it's still about accountability, like regardless of anything. I am black men, black people. I am our biggest fan. I, I will always lift you up. But I think regardless, it's exactly what we're saying. These are important things that we can't just say, oh, you know what? Like last year was really tough for us. Like, let's not bring this up right now. Like, let's bring it up later. We can't do that. We can't. Because just like you said, one in three, this is something that you are saying, I'm going to ignore this part of your background check. Still mad about that. And try to prop you up. There's only 30 head coaches jobs in the NBA, right? And you're saying that these are the best men. And it's hard because it's what we said earlier in the season. We were like, where are all the black head coaches? Like, this is something that we were cheering for. But at the same time, we want to make sure that it is not someone with this type of past because it is very hurtful to see. Yeah. And, and I think also what, what you're saying is like, are we, are we saying there's not a hundred qualified right minority coaches to get these jobs? And I mean, the other thing is that black women and girls are at a disproportionately high risk of being sexually assaulted. Of course. Who it's are we so, looking out for? Exactly. But I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, what I've gotten a lot of is like, well, did you have the same energy for Ben Roethlisberger? Did you, mm -hmm. what about Derek Rose? I don't know. Google my fucking tweets. Like, first <laughs> of all, Ben Roethlisberger, I'm a Ravens fan. Like, even if I was a fucking idiot who didn't care about this, like, yeah, I don't fucking Ben Roethlisberger shit. Like, I hate him. But yes, mm -hmm. I also, yes, I have the same energy for, I'm just going to delete every fucking tweet. I'm going to delete every tweet. And when people say this, I'm going to be like, nope, <laughs> I've never, not me. <laughs> I'm not on record for any of this stuff. The other thing that keeps getting brought up and I am, I would, honestly, I would love to go into this if you still, if you feel like still going. Yeah. Um. There's, this is the other bad – this is probably the most um, common one for me that I've seen, that I've gotten in my replies on Twitter. But it was settled, mm -hmm. right, which is a cousin of – but he wasn't found guilty, which is – but it was civil court, so it was not criminal. So, you know, she didn't even really have a case. All of those are related, and all of those are total bullshit. Mm -hmm. A, <laughs> he wasn't found guilty because it was tried as a civil case. I need people to understand Right. You are not guilty or not – you are not guilty or not guilty. Okay, that sounded – I'm trying to do the double negative. You are not not guilty right. or guilty in a civil case. You are found liable or not liable. Mm -hmm. Okay? So let's start there. <laughs> he 
he couldn't be guilty because he wasn't tried in a criminal case. Now, why? Why was it a civil case? Let's go into that. You know what? No, I'm going to back up. Even if it was guilty, not guilty. Mm-hmm. Right. Since when has our criminal system ever worked? I'm like, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, a, we'll wait. <laughs> in a sexist society that demands proof of rape, which she had. Her rape kit was fucking brutal. Right. She called a friend immediately after. What do you want? That's what you're saying is I need proof. I, why didn't she tell anyone? She did. Both of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. You think that matters? You think either of those matter? Bill Cosby was just released from prison yesterday because of a technicality. I was just going to say. Over 50 women came forward. And he's free because there was a prior non-prosecution agreement that an attorney made. Like, what? since when does that ever matter? And for the love of God, <laughs> stop bringing up civil cases as a uh, indicator that she had a lack of proof and just wants money. Do you have any idea? I'm not saying you, Jordan, obviously. Um, <laughs> you're perfect. What the fuck you are saying? Right. G- okay, give me two seconds of critical thinking. 1.5 if your brain works at the normal speed. A, a civil case allows you to seek restitution, right? Mm-hmm. B, it's extremely hard to get a rape conviction in criminal court. Only 18%. Of rape cases are found guilty. If you decide to come forward in a high profile case, by the way, like this, you are subjected to vile harassment mm-hmm. and the defense will pick you apart and call you a slut. 18%. C, hopefully, a civil case allows time away from work and hopefully time for medical treatment. And mm-hmm. that is why lawyers recommend it in addition to those other ones, be it therapy or physical, because um, you are traumatized. Yeah. Right. Even lawsuits drag on, but the criminal cases really drag on. It can take years for those to go to court in some cases, years. All you want after an assault is for your life to go back to normal. That's all you want. It never will. Mm -hmm. It never will. But that's the reasoning there. And I I mean, I'll be E or D or whatever I'm on. (laughs) Like if you're a prison abolitionist, like this point is mainly for me, but yeah, you don't want anyone to go to prison. But anyway, yes, like shut up with the civil case thing. It's so annoying. There are reasons for it. Like it's Mm -hmm. recommended by lawyers. I, I don't know where you stand on this. I believe in second chances with contrition and rehabilitation. What I don't believe in is bringing up the idea of a second chance without either of the two. And mm. I will leave it at that. I, yeah, I think we should. Because honestly, that is that puts a perfect bow on it. I do, too, believe in second chances and redemption. But you have to make sure that you are held accountable and confronted with those things first. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Me too. Okay, you want to hear a story, a DM that I got? Please. Well, do I? <laughs> I know. DMs are dangerous. They are dangerous. But this was a letter for help. <laughs> and okay. it has to do with what we were talking about. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's from... Okay, sorry. I should rephrase that. <laughs> this is a letter... 
from Cleb in my DMs, and it's a little long, but bear with me. Hey, Jordan, big fan of both you and Haley and the Spencer's pod. Hope I can maybe get your opinion on what ultimately a trivial matter stemming from an obviously serious situation, but that leaves me in an unfortunate position nonetheless. Long story short, I'm a lifelong Pistons fan, and a couple weeks after Chauncey was traded to the Nuggets, I got my first dog. I named him Chauncey Billups in honor of one of my favorite players. I now understand why it is not a good idea to name pets after people you don't actually know. Also, also now I have a six-year-old cat named Rasheed Wallace. So I guess fingers crossed there. New kitten is named Papaya, so I think we're pretty safe. Thank God. But Chauncey is my dude. He's now a 12-year-old dachshund with back problems who's on the tail end of a great ride. My dog is barking. I'm so sorry. She's like, dude, you're. she's hitting all the right notes. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. She's like my friend. Yeah. Okay. Chauncey is a good boy whose only sin is barking at the neighbors like an asshole, but his name now makes me feel embarrassed and gross. It feels like it's too late in the game here to pull off a name change, but do I have any choice? Open to any suggestions here, or maybe just hope you guys can use your platform to send a PSA to be careful naming animals after athletes, because this shit sucks. Oh, my God. First of all, maybe the neighbors just have bad vibes. When my dog barks at something, I trust her, you know? Not to attach a gender to my dog, but yeah, I, 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 I trust her. I'm like, you... I don't know about them either. Like, I'm watching out. (laughs) Second of all, I hope this can make me sound like a dumbass. I hope, like, Papaya never has, like, an E. coli problem like fucking lettuce did. (laughs) Because this man needs... No! He needs some bright... Yeah, I just... Second of all, yeah. I I think... It depends on how old the dog is, right? But... Mm -hmm. 12. Oh, just drop the... Call it Bill. Bill, right? Oh, Billups. Because um, like he'll still have name recognition, but maybe like Chauncey. I think that he should rename him the new um, Celtics head coach, Ime Udoka, which is a great name, first yeah, of all. Gorgeous. And he's married to Nia Long, so he's just winning all around. And I think that vibe should be passed on to formerly named Chauncey Billups dog. We're we're yeah, contradicting the advice we should give, which is don't <laughs> don't idolize don't, you know, build statues of people while they're alive, but speaking of Nia Long. Ooh. I saw her at this like very trendy healthy smoothie place on Sunset <sighs> 2 years ago, and she looked exactly how she did the first time I saw Love Jones. She doesn't age. She has, had a crush on her. has not aged. She's legitimately looks exactly beautiful. exactly the same. I can't decide if I'm more envious of her or of him <laughs> right? in this relationship. So, yeah, I'm very happy for this very attractive couple. And you know what? I'm going to co-sign. Yeah. Been agreeing with Jordan this whole pod. Why stop now? <laughs> Since we met. I had, like, two things we ever disagreed on, and I'm with her on this. Right. She just posted on Instagram herself in a Celtics jersey. And you know how I feel about the Celtics. But I was like, wow, <laughs> she makes it look really great. What did uh, your Aunt Charlene say about this? 
Ooh, I got to call Biggest her. Biggest Celtics fans either. Yeah, I got to call Ever. her. I'm sure. I think we need to replay the tape when she said that Brad Stevens was going to get fired after the season or that they need to go in a new direction because she called it. I won't be shocked that they replace him now. I won't. Because, they, you know, that's the only thing they do because they, if the teams get kind of nonchalant, the first thing they do is fire the coach, which I don't always think that's fair. So you're breaking news that you think he could be let go. <laughs> Are you starting rumors? <laughs> That's real cute. Now I'm not going to start that group. But I won't be surprised. Wow. There's been a lot of prophecies. Yeah. On this podcast. Uh, when we did the tarot reading, mm-hmm. it predicted that there's going to be uh, well, actually, we we if there, it predicted there was gonna be an injury, but it's actually the person who sent it in, who said, "I'm worried about another bloody nose situation." And then Devin Booker broke his nose. That was crazy. While the lady I, in the front shirt was wearing a, sh- while the lady in the front row was wearing the shirt of Steve Nash with his nose broken. Yeah, that was weird. That was um, iconic moment, but that was honestly like for a t-shirt. I'm like, what if people get nauseous? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Strong choice. There's yeah, there's that. I had a vision that Rick Carlisle was gonna get fired. Mm. That happened. Mm-hmm. What else? Aunt Charlene. I swear there was something else, but maybe I'm just making it up. No, that sounds right. Basically, maybe I'm seeing into the future again, and we're gonna predict something else. Yes. Maybe this is my that's so Raven. Did I just black out for three seconds Ooh. and come back? Because <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> I just imitated it. it yeah, weird. you guys. I wish you guys saw that. If that I'll should be it. a gift, I'll, I'll do it on Instagram Live. I'm trying to get back into Instagram. Ooh, okay. <sighs> I know. It's hard okay. for me. Well, this was this was a lot, but thank you for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate Venmo it. Venmo money for a coffee. I'm at Helio something on Venmo. What's yours, Jordan? At Jordan Dash Liggins. Yeah, if you're a man and you don't give us coffee today, that's that is sexism. So, <laughs> do you want Becky Hammond to be a coach or not? And sexism. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what voicemail should we have people leave us today? Yeah, I was just screams. Say, if you're a woman and you, <laughs> I was just actually going to, to say that. <laughs> just scream a release into our voicemail. It is welcomed. It is a safe place. Please do it at five zero two. 8744453 or just send us along like email of a h h h h h h h at spensters at bluearpods.com and oh, we will be on the, the show. dog should be renamed oh yes yes help help our boy cleb oh, out cute cleb that, that's his at name right not his name name that that's his name all right cleb never <laughs> heard it you're original yeah you're an original dude uh yeah we will be screaming at you again next week see you then spencers is hosted by me Haley o'shaughnessy and jordan liggins this episode was produced by jordan isabel jocelyn harry krinsky and alex ward our production coordinator is devin shepherd and our executive producers are peter moses john yales and me Hi, this is Rogue from Milwaukee. Uh, Spencer's is definitely my new favorite basketball podcast.
I don't know what other podcast I could get a reference to moral panic and a detailed conversation about unions at the same time. Keep it up, guys.